speak to so many bomb believers in business who are struggling to start or even to make meaningful progress in their business. And it's partly because they have yet to develop and implement a mindset that actually positions them to prosper. From my own experience and through my own tears, the following 10 biblically-based business commandments, or resolutions if you will, are just what you need to build and to scale a business for His glory. So grab a notepad and an open heart and let's get into this week's episode coming up next. What up guys? Happy New Year! Is it too late to say Happy New Year? Well, y'all gonna get this Happy New Year anyway. I'm your host, Raquette, and welcome back to another episode of the My Business, His Glory Show. And this week's episode is actually sponsored by my upcoming prayer journal, specifically for believers in business. Head over to bit.ly slash business prayer journal to pre-order This prayer journal was created to be a helpful tool for you guys to make sure that you are prioritizing prayer in your business. So head over to bit.ly slash business prayer journal to pre-order now. All right. So in this week's episode, the first of the year, I really wanted to help you to consider, to take on, to implement, if you will, a mental framework, a foundation that will help you to smash everything that you're hoping and working towards for 2020. So many of you have really big goals, whether you want to start, whether you're looking to launch, whether you're looking to scale. You have things that you're really working and believing God for. You have your vision boards ready, but are you really positioning yourself to obtain those things? And part of the reason why I see so many of us, I'm putting myself in that, is that We're working towards things, but we haven't yet developed the mindset and the emotional tools, if you will, needed to actually obtain those things and to thrive while we have those things. So I really wanted to start this episode, this new year with helping you guys with what I'm calling 10 business commandments, but they're really like business resolution or mindset shifts to help you develop the character so that we can all thrive and maintain the successes, the platforms, and the mountain tent that we're praying that God gives us. All right, so in no particular order, our first business commandment is thou shalt have and pursue patience. So I'm coming out the gate with this one because, listen, patience is something that your girl just, that is not in my ministry, unfortunately. It's just something that I am currently not. I'm not patient with others. I'm not patient with myself, but I'm going to keep it 100 with you. I'm not even patient with God. Like, I want him to do what I want, when I want, and I actually want him to actually give me a little extra. You feel me? I decided to include patience as a business commandment, a resolution for us believers in business, because when we lack patience, we find ourselves in all kinds of situations, traps, emotional states that we just wouldn't have ever set ourselves up for. When we're impatient, we tend to take shortcuts. We tend to lose discernment because we're trying to rush a process or rush something that we should have just taken the time to actually thought things through. We tend to settle. We tend to miss out on even meaningful character development when we try to rush the process and rush God's hand or just rushing in general. We have to get to the place where we see patience 
as a way that God protects us. But what I've actually come to realize is that patience is actually a signal for something deeper. It's one of those like surface level symptoms that are indicating that something else needs to be uprooted. So let's unpack this a little. What are you actually attempting to speed through and get to? Why are you even in a rush? Like who told you how long something is even supposed to take? And I use supposed to take in quotations. Like what timeline are you using as a reference? Person A on Instagram or some coach that told you how long it took them. So now you're thinking it's supposed to take you that long. Or are we in maturity consulting with God for his perfect timing for that thing? And we have to think, what could we possibly be missing out on when we desire to speed up God's hand? What are we actually pushing past in our process when we choose to rush it? For some of you, including me, who struggle with patience, we have to really get to the bottom of it. And some of it for me is that I'm still developing God's direction for my life and learning how to fully trust it. And fully trust that he is good and that his timeline for me is perfect. But if you haven't really gotten to that self-awareness of, I don't really trust God. If you don't trust God enough, then how can you be patient and wait on him? Uh, We truly don't believe that he knows what's best for us and when it's actually best for us. Now, I know you won't actually say this out loud, but this podcast is for you to really sit before the Lord with your prayer journal, be sure to pre-order it, and to have those honest conversations where you allow Holy Spirit to point out those things that you wouldn't actually verbalize. And what I'm about to say is actually the truth. We have to get to the point where we can actually be aware and say, you know what? I don't actually believe God. All right, so what is the answer? What is the solution? How do we develop this patience? One, prayer, I am going to hold you. You know what happens when you pray for patience. God is going to give you situations where you got to what? Be patient. So that's that on that. But we also need to shift our focus from a from to a to. Meaning we're shifting our focus from the what to the who. We're not focusing on obtaining this patience thing. I got to find patience. I got to apprehend patience. No, we're focusing on why I'm being patient. We're focusing on who I'm being patient with or to. We're focusing on what happens when I choose to focus on the one who holds time in his hand. So yes, keep bringing those petitions, keep bringing your desires, keep asking, seeking, and knocking. But we have to get to the place where we can truly rest and wait well. We have to really anchor ourselves and trust in God's timing, period. It's kind of like when you cook in a stew of some sort. You can try to rush that three-hour cooking process, but what you're going to end up with is crunchy carrots and a meat that actually fights you to fall off the bone. Them seasonings just won't hit if they only marinate for like 30 minutes. It needs the development of flavors that can only happen when that thing sits overnight and then cooks for hours. We have such a limited view of life. We only see in part, and if we're honest, or even our vision is skewed and biased. So we have to get to the point in our lives where we develop the faith and trust in God that says, Lord, I will wait and I will wait as well as possible until this thing manifests. And Lord, give me the grace needed to trust you 
and trust that your best is enough for me. All right, so commandment number two is thou shalt develop confidence and specifically confidence first in God and then second in the skills, the talents, the resources, the connections and the ability that he's given us to put us in place to prosper, to profit and succeed in business. Because I see too many of us out here shrinking in rooms where we're supposed to be standing tall, suffering with imposter syndrome, constantly thinking back and second guessing the dopeness that he's made us to be. I speak to so many of you guys and whether you're sliding in my DMs with your ideas or you're booking one of my coaching calls, some of these dope ideas that you guys have and then months later you're still sitting on these jewels that God has deposited inside of you. And at the core of what you might think of as fear or fear of failure is really because you lack confidence. And if we're honest, because we lack this confidence, we have become the obstacle that's in our way. And this lack of confidence is really trapping us in a fear cycle. A lot of us are trapped in this fear cycle, lacking the confidence, and then we're waiting so long on these ideas to pursue. Our lack of confidence is trapping us into this fear of criticism. Like maybe if I hold on to this thing, if I don't release this product, if I don't launch this new thing, I will avoid criticism. But the gag is there is always going to be someone that's not in your tribe and that's okay. We don't want to speak to everybody. We want to speak to those people who God has called us to serve with our product or our service. And also we shouldn't even be worried about people that don't even matter. Like we have misplaced our value if we're even remotely concerned or potentially disturbed by the critique of people who don't really even matter. You've heard it before, maybe not. But if your first draft of your product, your service, your design, if it looks perfect based on your standards, then you have probably taken too long to release that thing. Man, I look back on some of my first designs and I'm just like, yo, this is straight up whack. But that's okay because you cannot improve that which you have no feedback on. If you are truly creating a product or service for someone else, you need them to tell you what they need or what they want. Now I get it. Starting a business can be financially taxing. And raise your hand if you have just random thousands of dollars of extra money hanging around for you to just test things to see if a product is good. I know that wasn't my story and that's okay. But there is no getting around to having the courage to make calculated risk of having an idea, putting it out to market and launching or even creating something new. There's no getting around having the courage to do that. We have to develop the stamina of being vulnerable and growing our confidence muscles. Like I always say, we got to get to the root of where this thing might be coming from. And a lot of the root of our lack of confidence is because we're insecure and we have a lot of fear base. And we know fear is not from God. So we have to uproot that and call that thing out. And listen, Rejection, raise your hand if you just want to volunteer to be rejection. Um, nobody.com. But like I said, just because a potential customer or a client doesn't like what you're offering, doesn't like what you've created, 
doesn't mean that you have no value. Like we have to separate what we create, what we want to do with our identity. Never take on the identity of unworthiness. Never equate what you do, how much you have on your identity. Like who told you these lies? Certainly not God. So for us to even say or even unconsciously believe things that I am not worthy because this product didn't sell or the thought of if this doesn't sell, then I'm going to be embarrassed and I have no value. No, you're not worthy because of what you do. I have to keep saying that. Your worthiness does not come from what you make, what you create. Our confidence cannot come from things that are tangible. Our worthiness cannot come from things like whether or not someone buys our product. Our worthiness cannot come from being invited to speak or to sit in certain rooms. Our worthiness cannot come from how many followers we have across social media platforms. It just cannot. It's dangerous. Those things are fleeting. They're not. They're perishable and they're unsustainable. Man, y'all just too dope. And there's too much for you guys to do for and with God to allow lack of confidence, insecurity, and fear-based thoughts to rob you of all the greatness that has been set before you by God. We really have to get to the place, and I really pray that we can learn to identify, to challenge, and to, and to disrupt any thought of our identity that's not aligned with what God has set for us. So how do we develop or how do we even cultivate more confidence in our lives? Well, the great thing about confidence is that it's not finite. It's not something like, oh, I'm good on that. It can't be increased. It can actually be developed. The foundation of developing more confidence is to be aware first. What are the scenarios or when do you find yourself feeling less than confident? Is it because you're trying something new and you don't feel qualified for it? That's a deeper, like, challenge those thoughts and feelings when you feel less than confident. Are you feeling less than confident because you're trying something new and you don't feel like your skills are up to par? Well, that's something that can be figured out. You can gain more skills so that you feel more confident to execute what you're being asked for. But then also on a deeper level, what is really at the foundation of your confidence? Like who is the source? Are you placing your confidence on some your confidence on something that can be seen and therefore can be taken away? That's dangerous. Are you placing your confidence in something that's perishable and unsustainable? Again, that's dangerous. We really need to be honest with ourselves and stop looking at mirrors or validation tools for a sense of our worth. Like we cannot align ourselves and our confidence with things that are fleeting, that are perishable, that's dangerous. And when we find ourselves lacking the confidence, we're stagnant and we're trapped in a fear cycle. That's why it's so important for you guys to really be aware of where you're lacking your confidence. We have to stop looking at mirrors that do not belong to our father. We have to practice being aware of these fleeting fleeting emotions. And more importantly, I know that we can get to the place with prayer and practice of growing these confidence muscles because, listen, God is calling us into rooms and to sit at tables and we cannot be shrinking and having our heads held low when he's calling us to walk boldly through every door that he's opened for us.
Y'all ever experienced disappointment in your business? I mean, you planned everything, stayed up late nights, worked tirelessly, went through every possible scenario, and I think still failed or even had less than desirable results. And now you're full on ready to close up shop and throw your whole business away? Yeah, talk about devastation. But then part of you is like tired of allowing setbacks and things that are out of your control or in your control to take you so far off track that it's hard for you to even start again. If you're tired of being tossed here and there when life happens, because it will, it may be time for you to develop some resilience, which is actually commandment number three. So let's actually define what resilience is not. Resilience is not Eeyore. Y'all remember Eeyore if you're a 90s kid like me? Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh, the pessimistic and apathetic donkey who was devoid of concern, hope. He was emotionless. And instead of triumphing through life storms, he became callous and he carried a victim identity. This is who we don't want to mirror or resemble. This is not the face of resilience. As victors in life, our job is not to be defeated as a result of life challenges, devastations, and hardships. And a lot of us are here applauding Amarion for being hashtag unbothered. But again, he's not even the face of resilience. Because resilience is not about denying your emotions, your pain, your embarrassment, your fears. You're actually allowing yourself to feel You're just not staying in a place of being overcome by that trial that you're in. It's not a a coping mechanism mindset hack where you just accept life and it's punches, but then secretly your heart is developing roots of bitterness and resentment. Resilience is not about traveling down those roads of defeat and devastation without feeling the feels. That's what resilience is not. Let's look at what your homies Webster Dictionary says about resilience. So they define resilience as the ability to recover from or adjust easily to misfortune or change. So biblically speaking, I would say that resilience is another word for long suffering, which we know is a fruit of the spirit. And it's another word for endurance and perseverance. All right, so peep game. Recently, I approached someone of influence who I really rock with, and I offered to send them a product from my shop, and I was straight up ignored like crickets. Did I harden my heart and then unfollow that person? No. Did I internalize them ignoring me and internalize it as I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy to be responded to? That's going to be a smooth no as well. As a small business owner, and well, in life, you have to have the courage to be vulnerable to put yourself out there. And that's something that we need to build up. Commandment number three, our resilience. Our resilience, our ability to recover from things that are unfortunate, things that could be devastating. The resilience of hearing knows. Like a lot of us are afraid to put ourselves out there. A lot of us are lacking the confidence, commandment number two, because we haven't developed the the resilience to hearing the word no. And no is not a bad thing sometimes. No's actually make room for God's best. We have to develop our resilience to what may seem to be rejection. All right, so as always, I want to be solution-based, a helpful mindset tip to developing 
resilience is to one understand the importance of having resilience in your life. Like we have, I I know I'm tired of being tossed here and there when life doesn't go my way. Like I don't want my faith to waver. I don't want my joy to be given away. I don't want to be anxious and worrisome and then finding myself stressed and then sick because I haven't developed the long suffering needing to really to be a champion in the storm. Like I don't want that to be my normal. So if resilience is the conduit, if it's the the vehicle for me to be a victor and not a victim when life happens, then I'm gonna do what I can to develop resilience. And again, based on our definition of Resilience is the ability to recover from or just easily to misfortune or change. So how do we develop that ability? Well, one is to understand when bad things happen or when misfortune occurs, who is still good? If God is still good despite when bad things happen, if I trust that God is still with me even when bad things happen, then I can really rely on him to be my my refuge and my strength. I can trust that even when I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, that he is with me so I can fear no evil. We have to again, again get to the place where we're trusting God even in a storm. We're trusting God as our refuge even when calamity happens. We have to get to the place where we allow ourselves to adjust to misfortune because at least we had the courage to even try. And especially if we know that by trying, it potentially means that we might fail at something, but we also know that failing is not fatal, nor does it mean that we are a failure. And again, as always, we understand it's, it's, it's easier to pursue and to be aware that we need more resilience if we understand the fruit of what happens when we have resilience fully operating in our lives. A scripture that I love that talks about resilience is from James chapter one, verses two through four. And I love how the Amplified Bible translate, translation speaks about it. It reads, consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect results and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking in nothing. So again, that verse really helps to drive home the point that we desire resilience because of because of the fruit that we then develop in our walk with God. Now, this commandment right here, I talk a lot about, and we're going to get right into it. It is commandment number four is that we shall pursue discipline. Jim Rohn says discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. And that's straight up facts because you ain't going to find out one billionaire who obtained and worked hard for their wealth, who hasn't killed their laziness, and mastered the pursuit of self-discipline. Discipline says, I will blank despite how I feel. I will show up to the gym every day despite how I feel. I will create this content despite how it feels. And it's not about working until exhaustion. That's not what discipline is. 
It's about proving to yourself through your habits that you are that you truly want the life of your dreams. Discipline says I will work even if I see no immediate results. Because a lot of us lack what? Commandment number one, patience. And the T is discipline actually is what helps to allow you to pursue and to master the other business commandments that I talked about, patience, resilience, and building your confidence. For example, you have to discipline yourself to be resilient when you may find yourself wallowing in self-pity, wanting to quit, or find yourself in a despair cycle. You have to say to yourself, no, I used to think that way. I used to want to quit. I used to quit. But right now, I choose to discipline my thoughts and my emotions to believe better. Another example, with confidence. You have to discipline yourself to not shrink and stand in a lack of confidence, but in who he has declared you to be. You have to say to yourself, nope, what what we're not going to do is act like God didn't open up this door and I ain't finna walk boldly right through it. So what I'm going to do is have this, this chin up, this shoulder back, and I'm going to stand confidently in the space that God opens up for me. And then let's look at patience. We have to discipline ourselves to be patient when we are tempted to speed or rush through the current season we're in. We have to say to ourselves, self, I see what you're doing. You're trying to rush this. But understand that God's timing is best for me. And he's also helping to refine me so that I have the character needed to sustain and thrive in the season that I'm walking into. So you, so hold up. Have the grace to wait because God is actually protecting you from potential dangers or disappointments that you can't even see right now. Or how about considering this? Disciplining yourself to believe that God is allowing you to wait so that you can get his best and not settle for something that you can actually manufacture yourself. Like, are we looking to have a supernatural God do supernatural results for us or things that we can conjure up ourselves? So pretty much, basically, discipline is pretty clutch and it's going to allow you to do so much in your business. So again, solutions. How do we develop more discipline in our life and in our business? Start by making your bed. And you might be like, what in Al Gore's internet does making a bed have anything to do with discipline? Well, like big sis, my league says, how you do one thing is how you do all things. So practice the habit of doing one seemingly minuscule, insignificant activity habitually. Develop the muscle to doing something one thing consistently and then the reward of mastering one thing will empower you and give you the momentum to be like you know what let me see what else i can to master and be consistent in and just food for thought sometimes we lack discipline because we've actually placed too much on our plates or we haven't figured out a system that actually works best for us with the time and the resources that we currently have access to us Hence why we have planners on planners on planners, yet we have no execution and we have so many incomplete tasks. It's difficult for you to be disciplined. It's difficult for you to have boundaries. It's difficult for you to execute when you lack the focus and the priority because you've put too much on your plate. So yeah, you can't, it's hard to have discipline when you are overwhelmed 
because you have you lack priorities and focus. All right, y'all. So our final business commandment for believers in business, at least for this episode, this business commandment right here is an important trait to pursue because the absence of it will manifest itself in our business as jealousy and patience and just a mindless acquisition and constant need for things and exposure and titles. And we're going to be talking about contentment. Contentment is defined as a like a feeling of satisfaction. In the Hebrew, it means to be pleased. And before y'all come for me and be like, well, Raquette, don't you got a t-shirt that says somewhere between proud of myself and Nasis, bruh, go harder. And to that, I'll say that ambition and contentment do not have to be at war. They do not have to contradict themselves because desiring advancement in your life is dope. It's honorable. It's how curses are broken. It's how you level up. It's how so many great things happen in our life because child, nothing monumental is changed when we're satisfied with how they have always been done. Let's be clear, a lot of powerful moments have happened when folks got to a place of, I can no longer sit and watch this happen. I can no longer allow this to happen, no longer on my watch. But we need to consider pursuing contentment because when it's not fully operating in our lives, when we're not aware of this is something that we should be considering, we can fall, or shall I say, walk right on into temptations. Like always working because you're just never satisfied. There's never an amount of money. There's never enough opportunities. Just look at your closet. Like look at what you consume. We have more yet we're always looking for something else. Like you've made more money now than you made 10 years ago. Yet are you fully satisfied? Are you saving in ratio with how much money you're making more yeah we have more yet our joy and our satisfaction is still lacking so that obviously lets us know that having more still doesn't solve our satisfaction when will it ever be enough and it's not to shame you but to make you aware that the more stuff that you have doesn't leave you satisfied you will always want more so how do we develop this here contentment? I say be honest with yourself and ask yourself, are you really content? Not to be confused again with lacking ambitious or being stagnant with your goals. So how do we develop this here contentment? How do we combat how do we combat discontentment? Well, I recommend first understanding what's actually at stake when we're not operating in contentment. I mean, a constant insatiable desire to acquire things and statuses and goals, a constant seeking and apprehending and striving is it's just dangerous. It robs us of rest. It can rob us of joy. You'll begin to see people as tools for your enhancement or advancement rather it rob it can rob you of being present with god with your friends with your family it can become an idol it should be handled with with prayer because no one can really 
show you what contentment looks like for you. Like we all have different things that we're working towards. So definitely seek the Lord with, okay, what does contentment look like for you? And also I think it's important for us to combat discontentment with, with gratitude and, and with thanksgiving. It's easy to be content when you can look back on everything that God has done for you and everything that God has done with you. And then lastly, I say a great way to develop contentment is to understand what's at stake when we when we lack it. Because I have to be honest, like a constant insatiable desire to acquire things is tiring. And it's, it can be dangerous to constantly seek and to strive, especially when you're unaware that you're seeking to obtain these things because you're trying to get validation from your things, your money or your or your titles. So be careful, be prayerful in how you pursue contentment because the lack of it can really rob you of your rest, of your joy and just being present with your friends and family. All right, so my mission with this episode, our our five business commandments, was not to add a burden and yet another resolution as we approach this new year. I really wanted to help you guys consider a new mindset framework because I believe that these will actually help you to execute those business goals for 2020. And keep in mind, this is a pursuit, so, so give yourself grace. Let's be aware first of how our mindset affects how we run and therefore how we thrive in our businesses this year. So be sure to tune in next week for Commandments 6 through 10. Don't forget to shop and grab your declarations over at mybusinesshisglory.com. And as always, have a dope day. Let's chat next week.